Well, hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool School High, School High School Podcast, Podcast. from SevenSistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I am one of your hosts, Sabrina Justison, here with Vicki Tillman and Kim Smythe. And we are going to enjoy talking with you about all things homeschool, homeschool high, high school. school. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about books and literature and reading with your high schoolers. And the beauty of this episode is that we will be talking about literature with your teens, whether they are bookworms or, or not. not. Yes. Because there are actually homeschoolers who don't naturally love to read. Mm-hmm. It is true. I've heard that. I know a few. I perhaps gave birth to some. So yes, it's it's a real thing. Yeah, I was going to say, I love the thing. ones I know. There you go. <laughs> so before, Sabrina. Yes. Where have you been the last two weeks? <laughs> We've missed her. I know. No, I lost myself. I, you know, I thought, hey, I'll catch up on the laundry. And the next thing I knew, it was two, two weeks, weeks later. later. <laughs> no, um, what is that thing they say? There is no catching up on laundry because uh, it would require the family to go naked for, for a, day. a day. Yeah, but anyway, no. Um, lots of travel. I've been traveling a lot. Mm. My husband and I have been um, back and forth to Northport, Florida, on mm. the Gulf Coast, and um, we have been making some plans for when he gets to retirement and doing some stuff down there. So lots of oh, adventures. Fun. Her yeah. eyes are twinkling, but you can't see that from where you are. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it's been some good, good travel and some really nice people we've spent time with and good couple time too. We did not have any kids with us. And mm. I'm just going to take a real risk and say that sometimes I think it's okay for a husband and wife to spend some time together without kids. And that can actually bless your whole family. Mm-hmm. Indeed. I hope I don't get my house toilet papered or something for having said something <laughs> scandalous, but I think that it was really good for Fred and me to uh, to have some couple time, and uh, yeah, makes our whole family stronger. So mm-hmm. I encourage you, if you and your spouse are thinking about maybe carving out a slice of time to just take care of your marriage and yourselves, go for it. Indeed. Mm-hmm. But I'm back now. And we're so glad you are. Uh, we've enjoyed your garage. We have. Doing our recording here, whether you were here or not. We're not supposed to tell people it's a garage. It's a garage. It's just the garage band thing. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's what they meant. Garage band. No, we have a glamorous recording studio for seven sisters. <laughs> not. <clears throat> yeah. So here we are all together in the garage. <laughs> And we're going to talk about books. We are. Our favorite thing. Awesome. I love books. Are you? Do you love books? Vicky? I'm a book geek. Yes. All right. How about you, Kim? And I love books, but I, I get really caught up in lots of other things, and I'm not good at dedicating time to read, but I just finished a book that I loved. Did a you? A fiction, just for fun, just for me book, and it oh. was awesome. Isn't that good for your soul? It is. It Reading is. for pleasure. It's not yes, good for my indeed. sleep because I stay up too late reading when I yeah, do. Just, just I get, one more page. Just I get one hooked. more page. Yeah, now, see, I love to read, but it does not compromise my sleep because as much as I am riveted by a book I'm reading, I can't stay awake <laughs> at night. <laughs> she really can't. <laughs> it's bad. We've traveled together. She crashes, mm-hmm. doesn't she? Yeah. <laughs> I do. I've been accused of reading with my eyes closed on many an occasion. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So moms can be bookworms. Some moms are actually not bookworms, I have heard. Indeed. And they can homeschool their children, even if they're not. And they can graduate and go on to live fruitful lives. And be happy. 
So, so are we saying that there's not one, one right, right way, way to approach literature in <laughs> high school, homeschool? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about some of those various ways that we can approach literature. I think that we had agreed the first thing that we want to sort of touch on is understanding yourself and your relationship mm-hmm. to books, and then observing and coming to an understanding of your children's relationships to books, because mm-hmm. it is a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Some are bookworms, never met a printed page that they didn't like, read quickly with lots of comprehension. That's a go-to for, I have a niece who, when she was Mm. young, no matter where we were going, I mean, going out for ice cream with the grandparents, she had a book. (laughs) Did she really? Because there might be five minutes in the car, (laughs) and why waste that time when you could read? Uh You know, that was how she was wired, so... um, yeah, so some of them just will read anything and everything. And those are probably the ones we think of as easiest when it comes to Indeed. Yeah. high school, hip school. All right, so how about the kids or the moms who like to read okay, but only like to read certain kinds of things? So you have favorite genres or mm. types of reading material. Mm-hmm. And is that okay? If there's not one right way to homeschool. <laughs> So if we recognize what the favorite genres are, then that becomes the part of the book list that will easily be filled in and met. And then we just know to be vigilant to pull in a little bit from other genres that might not be a natural fit, right? Because teens need to have a book list to put in their portfolios to back up their language arts credit. And it should have a variety of types of reading so that they're well prepared for life. Absolutely. And sometimes the stuff that at least appealing that they wouldn't choose for themselves is the thing that will give them the most confidence because when they finished it, they'll go, wow, I didn't think I could do that, but I did. Mm, Good point. So let's take a little left turn into the world of transcripts. You're mentioning book lists and backing up what you're saying happened. What are some guidelines to think of when you're creating a book list for your high schooler? You know, if somebody is feeling really nervous, they could visit sevensistershomeschool.com and dig out some of our posts that we have on book lists and types of readers and also we got lots of good stuff there. But also, there is a marvelous guide if you go to mountsophia.com, which is the umbrella school that our kids are mm-hmm. part of. Yeah. And uh, they've been really good at documenting things that are helpful for the transcript. So there's a list of how many books a kid should read each year, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th, and also at their level. So an average reader or a remedial reader or an advanced or an honors reader should read different numbers of books. So, you know, somebody's going to go into college and be... um, you know, an English professor, they're going to read a lot of books every year in high school, like your niece, you know, she was just born reading and that just needed to happen. But for a kid who has uh, dyslexia Mm -hmm. or is a math major or is going to be a plumber and doesn't need to read, you know, War and Peace, Mm -hmm. uh, his books will be fewer. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned, um, level of challenge a little bit there that not everything has to be on a super 
aggressively high level in right. order to be high school reading. How do you kind of determine what counts as high school reading level and what doesn't? <laughs> Are there resources on the internet to figure that out? How about sevensistershomeschool.com has a few. Yeah, 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 and you know, there's not one right way to determine a book list. What you want to do is to make sure they have some challenge. Mm -hmm. And Sabrina, you're good at talking about that. So why don't you... Yeah, well, in the years that I worked with my own kids and then in our local community, I've taught lots of literature classes. And one of the things that I was always looking for was a balance of very challenging titles and then very captivating books mm -hmm. that would maybe not be as hard to read, but would give them lots of great ideas mm -hmm. to think about. Mm -hmm. And then to also um, pace the year. Mm. So that if you have just finished reading books one and two of Plato's Republic, <laughs> which is a lot to chew on when you're in high school. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And it can be done. And my class that I'm teaching this year is getting ready to do it in a couple of weeks. They can do it. But when they finish that, it would be very nice to let them read something a little less challenging and um, a little bit more fun. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because fun has a whole lot to do with learning. Mm -hmm. It does. And, you know, if they can laugh while they're having fun, that's a good thing. Always. Always. Yeah. And then recognizing, um, like Vicki mentioned, dyslexia. There are so many things that can be a specific challenge to a child's reading. So bringing in supplemental resources like an audio book or a movie version of a novel that you're reading, mm. or even using things like Sparknotes and Notes to help hone in on the basic comprehension piece so that they can be freed up to then explore um, and do some literary analysis. I'm doing an experiment this year. I've not taught this class before, but I'm creating a class for kids who struggle some with reading using movies to teach the tools for literary analysis. So kind of an introduction to how you do literary analysis, but taking the stress of the book out of it and giving exactly. them it in movie form. And that does not replace the book list by any stretch, right. but it is a safer environment for kids to work on. So what does it mean if I'm looking for a theme in a story? Or what are dramatic foils? I get overwhelmed. I'm just trying to follow the story. Right. And you teach those ideas in the framework of some really wonderful movies. So it's okay for kids who have some needs to spend high school developing skills and not trying to make their transcript look like I'm going to Harvard. Beautiful. Because everybody's called to something different. Yes. Absolutely. Follow your passions. Yeah. And develop skills. That's such an important phrase. Reading is not a I know how to read or I don't know how to read thing. And we think of it that way when they're little. Um, we get all excited when little Susie learns to read. And it is, it's yeah, a reason for celebration. Yeah. Yeah. Phonics are cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but reading is a, a, a lifetime of growth and learning and change and developing new skills. And um, we need to help our teens understand that, that if they are not just naturally bookworms, that it's okay, they're in process and they can continue to add to their skill set and to have more and more tools for reading as they get older. And that's so, just, I'm sorry, one of the things that Sabrina had shared with me that she's doing with this Movies as Lit class is that the, she chose movies that have books. So if the kids get interested and they've liked the story, then they can go read the book. And then I think that's a really cool tool uh, for kids that are, it will be so much more accessible to them. And if they liked it, they'll go, 
oh, maybe I'll add that book to my book list. I thought that was really yeah. smart. Yeah, I wasn't able to do it with quite all of the titles, but with most of them, I was I was trying for that because it might open a door. Yeah, I don't know. So that's helping them gain some skills and giving them a chance to use their book list because they still have a book list right. too, um, to do things that are more enriching to them or they can just like different types of literature to fill it out. Very good. All right, so understand what type of reader your kid is, understand what types of reading interest them and what are very challenging to them and understand that not everything has to be at some particular level, that there could be variety in the course of the year, and that you want to pace a reader who is not a natural bookworm so Indeed. that they don't burn themselves out. Mm -hmm. So what if you read these books and you list them on your book list and you attach it to your portfolio? Do you need to do anything else or do you just need to read the books and check them off? <laughs> I'm asking Vicky because Vicky is is the transcripty experienced person here who has done a whole lot with understanding what colleges are looking for. Indeed. So, you know, we've noticed our kids over the years who've interacted with a good number of their books. When they go to college, they are burning things up. You know, the teachers will say, what, were you in AP when you were in high school? And it's because they, they are developing skills over high school. So to have different levels of reading and different kinds of interaction. So sometimes they just want to read a book for fun and put it on the book list and that's that. But they should have some books that are they're diving into and doing a study guide with and writing essays about because they need to develop those skills of taking an idea and and investigating and building on it and learning inferential skills and all. So you can't mm. Um, substitute the value of doing some literature guides and some analysis. So when we talk about study guides to go along with literature, there are a lot of different approaches to it. And no, no apology is going to be offered here for the fact that we're going to share what we, uh, among the sisters at 7sistershomeschool.com, have found to be what we think is a very balanced and successful approach to literature study guide, and it is slightly different in philosophy than a lot of other guides that you'll find. So um, we hope that it will be helpful to you to hear the thought behind the development of the literature study guides at Seven Sisters. I have written a lot of them. Vicki has written a lot of them. Our styles are slightly different, but our philosophy is the same. Indeed. And it, it rests on two very cliche little terms, but mm -hmm. very genuine. No overkill. And no busy, no busy work. work. Indeed. So, Vicki, start us off. Why is it so important to avoid the overkill and the busy work, in our opinion? In, in our opinion, and vetted by the teens that we've been working with, like these are, are gone through our kids and the Umbrella School kids and then Hundreds online. Of kids, and, yeah. yeah. Is uh, sometimes in order to feel like there's enough education, there's just a lot of useless questions and information and interaction. And the kids are saying, oh my goodness, how long is this going to go on? But if you just take down the concepts to what they genuinely need to know and develop a skill at a time and teach them inferential skills in a not overkill that, not overdo it. Like the kids actually like it and then want to do more. So we're, our, our philosophy is you, you leave them wanting more. 
developing the skill and then wetting their appetite. Yeah. 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 We keep yeah. referring to inferential reading skills, and there may be people who don't actually know what that means. So can we talk about the difference between reading for comprehension and reading for inference? So the reading for comprehension is, did you understand what you're reading? And some kids have a really hard time with that. Mm -hmm. And so you want to really concentrate on that. Like, what did you just read? And what did it actually say? And then the inferential skills are absolutely necessary for life. Is that reading between the lines? You know, what, what are they really saying in this book? And they didn't use the exact words, but they're implying, they're giving you the setting. Right. We do a lot of class discussions or family discussions about things that we're reading where we sum up comprehension questions, right? Mm -hmm. Sum up. So in this chapter, we ended up with this and this and this. But then we take it to inference by saying, so what do you think that's going to end up meaning for this character? Or do you think that this is going to blow up in their faces? Mm -hmm. Or is this a good series of choices that people are making? Those kinds of questions lead teens into something that is beyond who bought the hat when they came into the store, right. you know, mm -hmm. which is straight up, you, you put the right answer in. Right. It was this character. That is the right answer. And if you put another character name in, you're wrong. wrong. But with inferential questions, in many cases, there's not a right or wrong. Indeed. As long as you give a thoughtful answer and you can back it up with something. So that whole thing of what do you think and why is very, very important. And a lot of teens do that intuitively, but many, many of them do not. And they need to be coached and helped to think in those terms. It is so mm -hmm. important in high school because high school's life preparation and a lot of things in life don't have a right answer. Mm -hmm. You just dash. have to use your decision-making skills mm -hmm. and so to be able to back up why you're doing things. And so to learn by their reading how to infer and make decisions and predictions and imagination, um, that's, that's the skills you get from a, a literature guide. You know, it's interesting. I was talking with one of my grown kids the other day about uh, he has recently made a job change and was in a new workplace and getting to know lots of new co-workers. And he said, they're nice people, Mom. They're, there's not really a bad apple in there that I've encountered. Um, but they're, they're all mid-20s-ish, you know. And um, he goes, the thing that I keep noticing is how much they live their lives without really thinking through what they're doing. <laughs> mm. So he says they're forever coming in and telling stories about doing this or that and it not going very well and them going, man, I don't know what happened. And I'm standing there, I'm standing there thinking, well, duh. <laughs> and uh, and we, we got, he's, he's a story person and we got talking about how reading books but being trained to think through, so what's really happening here oh, is wow. actually a really powerful life skill for character Indeed. development mm -hmm. so that you have less of those duh <laughs> <laughs> moments. So it's duh prevention. Duh prevention. There you exactly. go. Not that it's guaranteed 100% no. because oh, I've I been wish. reading and inferring my whole life and there's still plenty of duh. duh. Oh, yeah. yeah. I duh regularly. And I've not written any of the study guides, but my children have been, and so vicariously have I, been very blessed by the study guides. They've helped, especially the kids for whom this whole process is not natural break it down and make it so accessible and so conquerable that they were actually, my kids have done with Sabrina, the Plato's Republic and things, uh, you know, Dante's Inferno, things that we oh, just yeah. 
kind of scratched Ooh, our heads. Forgot about that one. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. We never <laughs> will. <laughs> but it's so cool knowing that they've gone into college going, yeah, yeah, in high school I did Plato's Republic mm-hmm. and Dante's Inferno. Mm-hmm. So, you know. We're good. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do Homer's Odyssey this semester, right. but I can do that. Yeah. But And just to be sure that we're, we're making it clear, we practice what we're preaching, the same year that we did Dante's Inferno, we did Anne of Green Gables on a high school level. You bet that there's that not okay. a rule against a good book. Right. Mm. And, and Anne of Green Gables is an easy, pleasant, wonderful read for a kid who made it through Dante's mm-hmm. Inferno or Plato's Republic in high school. They start reading Anne and they think this is easy. This is like a kid's book. It's so easy. And yet the study guide questions that we were using to get them to look at particular pieces of that book were on a high school level level. of reasoning and thinking and discussing and investigating. And so, yeah, so mix Mm. it up. Yeah. And that's, that's one reason we have the Chronicles of Narnia. Yes. Mm -hmm. For high schoolers, not just as read alouds for the littles. As C.S. Lewis said that, that if a book is truly a good, good children's book, you never outgrow it. You can always go back and reread it. And so high schoolers have the brains to go back and see all of the inferences Mm. that Lewis has weaved into Mm. those stories. And kids get so much thinking skills and imagination that they need for problem solving Mm. uh, by going back and rereading great books like that. So there's not a wrong kind of book to put on a book list. Mm -hmm. Right. And let's just throw a little bit specifically about literary analysis in here, because this has been a personal bugaboo of mine for some time. And I'm just going to, again, give you a little bit of the reasoning behind why the guides that I've created work the way they do. I handed out a list of terms for literary analysis to my World Lit class this year and to my Movies as Lit class. And I gave it to them as a a reference, just a glossary of terms. But it's 13 pages long. (laughs) (laughs) It's in a fairly large font, but it's 13 pages long. And that is the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the terms used for literary analysis. And just like everybody can make jokes about how if you talk to a restaurant critic, their experience at the restaurant versus the experience of every other person who was just there eating a meal. So we all know that you can beat any subject to death if you want, and you can create a whole vocabulary around it, and you can can be focused on that and better at it and smarter about it than the average bear, and that's okay. Literary analysis is a very complicated thing, but it is also important, especially for kids who are college-bound, to have some of this understanding of how are books evaluated for academic purposes, for later discussion, for research, for um, areas of specialty. And so to do that, you've got to have some idea of what a dramatic foil is. Indeed. You've got to have some idea of the arc of a plot. You, these, these terms do matter, but if you hand kids a list of terms and you tell them to memorize them, and you give them a quiz every Friday on the next five terms from the list, they might be able to spit a ton of information back at you by the end of the year. And they may not be able to find any of those elements in any book that they read. Indeed. Memorizing these definitions is just, it's in a vacuum. It doesn't really accomplish anything. So you're not doing that. So I'm not doing that. I give them the glossary as as a point of reference. But with each study guide that we do, on the first page, it says, so for the purposes of this time that we read this book, because you might read this book five times in your life, and that's okay to come back and get something new out of it later. 
But for right here and right now, we're going to read this book and our purpose is going to be to focus on setting. Mm-hmm. Because this book is rich in setting. So we're going to talk a lot about the descriptive words in here. We're going to talk a lot about um, all of the things that go with that, the historical elements and the geographical elements and, and how the setting makes this story what it is. And that doesn't mean that there are not powerful characters in that story that we could dig into. Mm-hmm. It's just that we're not going to this time because that might burn you out. And it might just wreck the book for you. Mm. If you feel like all you're doing is answering questions on 12 different terms from that list, you're not going to have a lot of time left to just soak in the words. Mm. Indeed. And to enjoy the the book. And high on our list is to have our kids have a lifelong love of reading. Mm -hmm. And even for our non-readers to enjoy good books, maybe as audiobooks or maybe as movies but to enjoy good stories and the incredible things people put together. Right, right. So it's okay to decide that you're going to read a book that you know probably has 20 different really impressive pieces woven into it that you could analyze and say, we're only going to analyze two of them this time. Indeed. Mm-hmm. And we're going to give you a really good experience of practicing using those terms and those ideas and that analysis. And some other day you can read it and look for something else. And that will be a whole other exciting encounter with the same book. So the Seven Sisters view on things is is literary analysis and book discussion is a developmental process. Yes. That if you want a kid to love learning, you give it to them in pieces, not the whole glossary memorized. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Good uh, stuff. And so the, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say then the really cool thing is later on when they're reading another book, and they, they use and correctly mm. apply. And I'm looking at Sabrina because she taught my kids how to do this. And then we would see it happen. And it was like, ta-da. Um, but they'll actually take a, a, a literary element or, or something. And in a book later that's not focusing on that or that Sabrina maybe didn't ask them to focus on that, all of a sudden they see that themselves. And it's like, oh, wow, I really understand this yeah. literary analysis they light element. Up. That's yes. a beautiful light up moment. Yes. Absolutely do. And that makes it worthwhile. Sure yes. it does. Yeah. And if you are someone who really doesn't feel comfortable with this kind of thing and you feel like, well, if we're going to read this book and we're going to do it at high school, it needs to be more comprehensive. That's okay too. Mm-hmm. If you have a kid that thrives in that environment, some of our type A kids want more. And Indeed. Some of them, yes. when I say in a study guide, give me two sentences on this, they give me two paragraphs and apologize. Yes. <laughs> and I say, knock yourself out. If you're having a good time, dig it into it. Dig. You know? So if you want to do more than that, but don't don't feel like there is one right way Indeed. to do literature yeah. in mm-hmm. high school. Yes. And there are wonderful enrichment activities that you can then pull out after mm-hmm. you've worked on a study guide, whether it's more in-depth writing. Um, Vicki mentioned essays, and essays are a very powerful, natural outgrowth of reading a good book and analyzing some pieces of it. And the essay format encourages kids to then intelligently and thoughtfully articulate what they observed. Mm. Indeed. And good college prep for the kids going off to college. Oh my, yes. Absolutely. Um, but you can also find it tying into all kinds of other stuff. Mm-hmm. If, if you want them to, to dig deeper, have them look into that author more and mm. have them find out that that can be a very powerful tool for some yeah. kids who don't like a particular book. If I'm able to introduce them to the author a little bit and they find out some of why oh, the author yeah. wrote this book, 
suddenly they go, ooh, I see it differently than I did. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's wonderful stuff. Gives them a connection to the book. Yeah. Right. Yep. right. All right. So we've given you lots of ideas here. We've, we've talked about encouraging you to know yourself and your child in regards to what kind of relationship do you have with books? What appeals to you? What in, intimidates you? What is the natural fit and what is the challenge? And then we've talked about what you really need to include for a high school transcript for a language arts credit, which is a big credit and yes, super it important. Is. Mm-hmm. Very good. And if you're not feeling confident, please do visit sevensistershomeschool.com and search on the blog. There are lots of really clear posts to help you get your brain around the mm-hmm. language arts credit mm-hmm. on the high school transcript. We've talked about involving your kids in the process. Let them have some of the books on their book list that are simply titles they read for pleasure. And they are not necessarily super challenging, and that's okay. But then pace your year so that the books that are very challenging are not all clumped at one point when your kid is pulling their hair out. And supplement at least some of the titles in the course of the year. We recommend that you supplement at least nine of them with a study guide, the idea being that one book a month through a traditional academic year, you're going to dig into more deeply and you're going to have to produce a fair amount of intelligent uh, discussion and response to it. So at least nine study guides over the course of a year is a pretty respectable body of portfolio work, right? Mm -hmm. And then that gives them uh, the rest of their book list to fill out with things that are meaningful to them in different, different genres and even other, where are we going to transition into types of books? Sure. Sure. So it doesn't all have to be a book. So like Sabrina mentioned, audio books. So they can count other things. Our kids will count some books of the Bible. So like an Mm -hmm. average ninth grader will let them count five books of the Bible. You know, he's going to read 15 books over the year. An honors level junior or senior will read 50 books. Mm. And they'll get 10 to 20 books of the Bible. So it helps give them a variety, but also we want them reading scripture. And this is an encouragement. Right. So what are some other things you guys have put on your book list as types of literature? Well, because we're drama junkies, we've always done plays. You bet. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we always have a couple of plays on any list. How about yeah. you? Um, we've done, my, a lot of my kids like, like nonfiction. Yeah. So we've done some nonfiction stuff, picked things they were interested in. Some of mine you might have gathered, like hockey. Um, we've been very interested in animals, so we've done a lot of nonfiction books about reptiles and, and dogs, dog breeding, and, and since we've volunteered for the Seeing Eye, there's some really cool books about people that have had guide dogs. There's one guy that hiked the whole Appalachian Trail with his guide dog and, like, no prep and no equipment. Oh, wow. my So that goodness. was a really inspirational story um, that, we, that we read. Wow. That was really cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. I know, collections of poems. My favorite, yes. And also, like, magazines, like some kids who are very hands-on learners. We had uh, some students who are just born to be auto mechanics. Mm -hmm. So they would read those magazines, Mm -hmm. and that would be their books, because that was appropriate for them. Mm -hmm. I had one of my kids who was fascinated with a couple of particular subject areas, but would read encyclopedia type articles yeah oh yeah um massively beyond what was being Mm -hmm. required for you know the learning in that other academic Mm -hmm. subject area 
and we realized that that was a whole lot of reading time. We mm -hmm. actually could sort of get a feel for about how many pages would that have translated into yeah. had mm -hmm. it been in a book. We did collections of essays too. Yes, oh, yes. Yeah. and closely related to that are speeches. Mm. Indeed, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful and inspiring, yeah. also shorter chunks. Yeah. 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 So sometimes it's a little challenging trying to figure out what of those collections will actually equal a book. And sometimes you may need your umbrella school or your reviewer to help you sort that out. But if it's a kid's interest area, just because it's not it. a book, yeah, yeah. You, can't, you can't just leave it off. And that's when that idea, we've talked a lot about different ways to earn credits and we have other podcasts that are already there in the archives that you can listen to in lots of blog posts. But um, the idea of logging hours can often mm. help you figure out because if your child is reading a bunch of encyclopedia articles or whatever and is reading eight or ten hours yeah. of that material, that's mm. about what they would spend on a 200-page novel. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're probably getting close to a book. Mm -hmm. um, so, that, okay. so you can even yeah. use that approach of, of logging hours to sort of help you figure out. Indeed. So that variety mm -hmm. is what mm -hmm. is important. And you're catching some challenge but some interest areas and lots of variety. Yeah. Excellent. So with that, I think we're going to kind of wind it down, but we're going to take it back from high school and we're going to just rewind in our brains for a moment to the fact that little Susie did learn to read Yay. when she was a little girl. Yeah. And there was a celebration in the house. And it, it is a wonderful thing when our kids are littles and when those words on the page finally start to make sense to them. Mm. And we just want to encourage you that if you still have littles at home and you're homeschooling them, start them off on their lifetime with books start them off with a positive experience and yeah. don't burn them out right at the beginning either right. help right. them learn to love it by making books accessible and wonderful and exciting and Fun. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. We have a new resource at sevensistershomeschool.com in the ebook store. Mm -hmm. We have a series of elementary literature activity guides, a little bit different from the literature study guides that we offer for high school and a, a few titles for middle school. We're working on expanding the, mm -hmm. the middle school list, mm -hmm. but the elementary guides are designed to be activity guides. The idea being that the challenge of simply decoding and reading those words and comprehending the story, that's the study part for a little one. And by adding some activities that build specific skills that are a part of that developmental process of reading and growing as a reader, that you then bring the, the learning to a whole deeper and a more... Um, affecting more areas of that child as a learner right? by bringing mm -hmm. those activities yeah. in. And these guides were not actually developed by one of us sisters. Anybody want to talk about who wrote them? It was a brother. Yeah. <laughs> or a brother-in-law. Or brother-in-law. Maybe that's me, better. For me, brother-in-law, definitely. Yeah, that's probably really better because it was Allison's husband, Wayne, and if we call him a brother, that, that yeah, we don't weird. want to go there. It's a brother-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Allison Thorpe's husband, Wayne. And uh, Wayne is a very unique homeschool dad mm -hmm. because he's also a 30 plus year teacher, elementary school teacher in the public school system in our area. Indeed. So he is a, a man who has devoted his life to teaching little people, first, second, third, fourth graders. And he also chose to keep his own kids in the homeschool setting for their education all the way K through 12. So he has a real heart for um, both the 
the no one right way mm. right. to learn that that caused him to want his children to be homeschooled. And yet he also has a tremendous knowledge, both from what he learned in school himself and then what he has practiced in his own classroom for all these years of learning styles and the developmental process and the types of activities that will reinforce and strengthen and build confidence in young readers. And have fun. It's still and our philosophy. Fun. No busy work. No. Let's oh, have okay. fun. Yep. That's yep. right. Yep. So there are seven titles on the site now, and one of them is free. Indeed. Free? Now, through the end of the calendar year 2016, you can download the Literature Activity Guide to go with Max Lucado's book, You Are Special. Which is a wonderful oh, such book. such a good book. Mm-hmm. Little Punchinello. I love Punchinello. Oh. Such a good one. And um, you can download that activity guide for free now yes. through December 31st of 2016 and get a little taste of the style of these guides. And we have had parents asking for a couple of years. Indeed. I know you're mainly high school, mostly high school, mostly, mostly fun. fun. We yeah. know you're high school, but I've got my high schoolers and I've still got littles. What do you have for elementary? And we've only had just a couple of things mm-hmm. up until this point. So we're trying to listen to you guys and share what we can for your little learners as well. So check that out. One other new thing, new when we're recording this, which is um, here at the beginning of September in 2016, but we have another level of our bundled curriculum for language arts that brings together literature and writing. These are our lit comp bundles. And so far you had been able to buy an introductory and an intermediate level, parts A and B. So each one is a one semester bundle of reading Mm -hmm. and writing. And uh, we have just put into the bookstore the first part, part A of the advanced. Yeah. So for like a junior or senior, just based Mm -hmm. on a a kid's ability level. Mm -hmm. And it's so it's a mix of genres. So it's not all like world lit or Brit lit, which we do have, you know, those bundles also. Mm -hmm. But this is a mixture for kids who just can't stand to be one topic the whole (laughs) year. And there's a lot of kids like that. We, mm-hmm. That's, that's okay. because there's requests. Oh, absolutely. That. So this one has The Hobbit, Born Again, which is Chuck Colson's mm. awesome story, Uncle Vanya, which mm-hmm. is a Russian story. And a play. Very fun. Yeah, so good for kids to experience. My son really liked that. And The Right oh, Stuff, yeah. which... The, the space race. Yeah. And the new journalism, very cool for kids who like news and articles and that kind of stuff. It is a novel, but it's kind of like news reports, too. It's very different feel. It's a good book. And then The Scarlet Letter, because you have to do that in high school. Classic. And The Good Earth, which is an amazing story. That that one brought some of the most amazing class discussion I've ever seen. Yeah, Mm -hmm. The Good Earth really, Mm -hmm. really hits. There's something about the themes and ideas in it, especially about identity and understanding mm-hmm. who you are in relation to the world, mm. that something about teenagers, yeah. it's like they were soft for that. Oh, mm. sorry. So you put, it, you put it all, all <laughs> together. Those guides are all kind of discovering yourself. You know, the hobbits discovering yourself, Chuck Colson's discovering, but it's not telling the kids that. Um, <laughs> and then the writing we guides. We wait and we let them infer. <laughs> they, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> And then they tell us. Yes, indeed. And then we go, oh my goodness, you're so smart. Um, And then the writing guides that are included for this semester, so the Part A is a one-semester course, is the Myth Fantasy Short Story Writing, which is the perfect thing to follow up with The Hobbit Mm -hmm. anyway, because it's based on Lewis and Tolkien's writing style. 
and uh, so and then, much fun. Yeah, the, oh even non-writers oh, like just that one. Like it, yep. Fascinating stuff. And then advanced essay writing because they have to be able to crank out mm. an essay. Doesn't matter where they're going in life; essays happen. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We even hear about like Angela in one of our earlier podcasts for the non-college bound kids was was talking about her son who is in the workforce, like working for. Masonry company? No, no, it's something. Oh no, old lady moment. Anyway, <laughs> he's he's not writing for a living, but he's also in the Civil Air Patrol, and he has to write essays periodically when he advances a rank or know you know that. gets special training. He has to do these essays. So, really, there's no escape in essays. So you oh, have mm-hmm. to have the skills. Very good. And just just another little uh, reminder, if you've not looked at any of the writing curriculum from Seven Sisters before, it's broken down into bite-sized chunks. Indeed. So the advanced essay writing guide is not just the same as the intermediate essay writing guide, but with harder topics or whatever. It's, It's taking the writing process up a whole notch and then it's breaking that process into bite-sized chunks. So even when you get to the advanced level guides, it's advanced in terms of content but it is building on pieces that are already there and it's still presenting the instruction in a very friendly, approachable format. No busy work. Nope. No kill. All right, so we hope that that gives you some excellent um, opportunities to try something different if you find that things are not working for you with what you're doing with literature or with writing in your homeschool. That's okay, you can make a change. And you can try something different because there's not one One right right way to homeschool. And so with that, we are going to wrap up this podcast brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. And we are your big sisters at sevensistershomeschool.com. And we enjoy meeting with you here on the podcast, the Homeschool High School podcast each week. Mm -hmm. If you have a little bit of time and could hop over to iTunes, you could jump through some hoops and eventually just make sure when you find us on iTunes that you click the button that says view in iTunes under our Mm -hmm. logo. And once you can do that, it'll give you a chance to leave us some stars or a little review. And you could say, hey, they're my big sisters and you should listen to them. Because they're fun. It helps our podcast be more available to other parents as they're looking around for support. So like when they search, they'll find us more easily if people are giving us stars? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yes, if people are searching for homeschool under the podcasts, they will Mm -hmm. not find us until people have sort of boosted our visibility with some some stars and some reviews. So thank you for those who have left some reviews. That's really nice. We very much appreciate it. And we hope to see you on the blog as well. Feel free to leave comments there and ask questions and spark discussions. And feel free to even disagree with us on the blog because there is not one right way. And we really value the input um, from all of the homeschoolers that we meet because we Mm -hmm. all become better at this by learning from one another. You mean and like iron sharpens iron? Hey, wow. what a crazy idea. Wow. And it's even easier on Facebook because yeah. there's oh, yes. sistershomeschool.com has a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. The Homeschool High School podcast has a page. So lots yeah. of places to ask questions or mm-hmm. give feedback. Or even if you have a topic you'd like us to tackle, throw, yeah. it, throw that up throw there too. Up there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so thank you for spending part of your day with us, and we hope to get to hang out together again to discuss all things homeschool high school. Until then, take care.
Take good care and have fun reading. Yay.